Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's up? Derek, we got good whiskeys. We got broken beer bottles. We got new cameras. <laughs> and we got updated boards and a cocktail section on a receipt. Yeah, you came very well prepared today. Super so I appreciate that. At least I have a pen that lights up. <laughs> My super why, fancy pen. Why would you ever need a pen that lights up? Sometimes you write in the dark. Do you, though? I'll show the people. You just put the cap on, slide her down. They might not be able to see it because of the whiskey barrel. Or the, Jesus, the whiskey bottle. Boom. See, like, why? So you can actually write like that, though? Yeah. Why would you need that? Have you ever been inside of dark places at work? No. Oh, yeah, me neither then. Everything is super bright. <laughs> I work in a cubicle. <laughs> yeah, yeah man, sometimes the lights go out. I'm just sitting there like, what am I doing? <laughs> Like an apocalypse is coming. I'm just like, yeah, I'll just continue writing. <laughs> I mean, okay, I, I guess for your sake, it does make sense. Yeah, absolutely. We're just collecting pens up here now, so. Yeah, it's good. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, you frequent dark places, I bet, right? I was molded by it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh my God. So is... sometimes I get into confined, tight, dark spaces, and it's on me to provide light. So I either can provide it with my cool nifty pen or my phone. In some cases, I don't want to use my phone flashlight just because I don't want to put my phone at risk. So I'll use my pen. Put your phone at risk from what? Demons? All the demons. <laughs> That's right. Especially when we're on set of the new horror film. No, oh, yeah. the... Um, Quiet Place 2 dropping now. <laughs> honestly, nothing. Like, there's really nothing at... Um... No demons? No, there's definitely no demons. But I just protect it from um, the rush of, I don't know, Russian. the air. No, no, no. The rush of. Oh, okay. So sometimes I go into giant walk-in units that are like massive air handling units for facilities, plants, things like that. And then you're it's taking in 100% outside air. But because the fan is on, it's drawing in a ton of CFM. So you're just getting berated. Hair's all over the place. And then it's on you Because all of us know what CFM means. Yeah. Cubic feet per meter. There you go. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> Because of that, I'm like, I don't want to fumble with my phone while I'm getting blasted in the face with wind. It's true. So I just pull out my nifty pen. Is it are so when you walk into places like that, or like grocery stores, or I remember going to do a tour, actually at Disney, which is weird because I don't ever go to Disney, but they had like the blast of air as soon as you walk in to keep bugs out. Is that common? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, for sure. Um, because in white rooms, they have it too. Yeah, there's filters above you when you look up and you're actually in that little zone. Um, when you look up, you can see the filters, but do those yeah, have to be normal. special filters to handle the type of air pressure or something? No, not necessarily. They just got to be rated a size. <laughs> so a 24 by 24 inch filter is rated for about 2000 CFM. So, you know, gotcha. it's just part of the HVAC system. Yeah. So we're trying new cameras today. Yes, we are. L- look at Mike's beautiful face. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am. All of me in my glory. We are going to try this out. See how it goes. I have literally zero idea how this is going to turn out. Yep. 
Same. We have two completely different phones recording us. Yes. Um, so we're going to see how this works out. Also, cheers, bro. Cheers. What we should probably talk about, because we haven't talked about it in a while. The reason that we, every time my Wi-Fi beeps, so my Wi-Fi has a dead battery, or it's dying, it's been dying for 24 years like myself. Uh, actually, I'm 27, so I don't know why I said 24. But when the Wi-Fi is dying, it has this beep that goes off for some reason, I guess, to alert me to change the battery. Haven't changed the battery. So it's still in there. And every time it beeps, we wanted to make it a fun and engaging experience, especially because I can't stop it from beeping unless I pay $200 to fix a battery that has nothing to do with the Wi-Fi unless for some reason my power goes out. Not going to happen. It probably will happen. But... I'm not going to spend all this money on a battery. So every time that this beeps, every 15 minutes, we take a sip of our whiskey. Basically, to keep this engaging, to have the people who are watching on YouTube have a fun experience. As soon as it beeps, we take a sip. So for the people that are listening on our podcast platforms, if you hear us take a pause after a beep, it's because we are taking a sip. And it's not that you and I just decided not to talk for the next five seconds. Right. And then if you do watch on YouTube and you see us sip, take a sip with us, it's a Great drinking game. Oh, yeah. It's a good time. We actually had a listener take a picture of themselves drinking, taking a sip while watching our podcast when we start drinking and taking a sip. It's a good time. You know, we're here for the people. That's it. Which is why we have two camera setups now. Yes. So we wanted to provide even more viewing pleasure to all the people so they can look directly into our big domes instead of (laughs) to the side of us. So this is good. Except my head's super small. And mine is super large. So the zooming abilities of my phone versus your phone. We, we have a little bit of a difference here. And we also have two different phones. We have two different phones. You have a yes. Droid. I have an iPhone. Yeah, clearly the Droid's better, but whatever. Um, we'll talk about that. Yeah. That's basically like Disney versus Nickelodeon. <laughs> so You're saying iPhone's Disney? A thousand percent. Disney rules the world just like Apple. It does not. Fight me. Really? Because yes. Apple's currently shut down. <laughs> whatever, dude. <laughs> Come on. Have you ever had an Android? Yeah, way back in the day. And then I grew up. <laughs> Are you one of those anti-droiders, though? Like, would you ever go back to one? I don't really have a need. But for me, it's just, um, like, comfort in regards to the, the system, if that just makes sense. familiarity, you're saying? Yeah, thank you. So, uh, what I'm here for. Famili- uh, familiarity. Trying it. Trying it. <laughs> I always stumble through that word. It's really difficult really? for me. Yeah, I don't know I was why. wondering why you didn't say it. Yeah, familiarity. Yeah, I can't. So you have familiarity with the Android operating system. With the iPhone the, operating I, system. Yep, as opposed to the Android. Correct. At this stage of the game. However, I did go from Droid to iPhone, back to Droid for my deployment for a year, hated it, and then I went back to iPhone. Um, and that's how I know that I'm way more comfortable with the operating system on an iPhone opposed to a Droid. But you're not one of those never Droiders. Like, if you had to use a Droid, you would. Yeah, correct. That's what I did for the deployment. Yeah, I mean, I'd be fine using one. What surprises me even more is you have a Windows uh, system for your computer. It works, So, like, yeah. do you have a Mac at home? No. So there's there's none of that interconnectivity that you require an iPhone. Correct. Like, Gina has an iPhone, but she also has a Mac, so it makes sense for her to have one. Yeah. Whereas, I don't have a Mac. I don't really care what phone I have. Just as long as it records, bro. That's it. So we don't even know if yours has a... Oh, yeah, you did talk to the guy about an unlimited recording time, right? I asked him, yeah, and he said as long as there's space on the phone that it'll just continuously record. So instead of 4K, I'm in HD, 60 frames per second. Which is what I'm in. So hopefully this is 
similar when we cut back right. and forth. Right. And then for uh, space, I have a 256 gigabyte iPhone Okay. instead of a 64. Yeah, that's what I have too. So honestly, let us know, the, the viewers at home that are watching this on YouTube, do you like this type of multi-camera setup? Because to be quite frank, it's going to be a lot of work on our end to edit it. But I feel like it's going to be a more pleasurable experience watching us individually as we talk rather than just a camera in the back that's facing both of us. Right. So let, let us know in the comment section below. Do you like this new setup or do you want us to go back to the old one? For sure. We're going to start doing this with guests too because you and I have run into it a situation where we're having these guests in confined spaces where we can't find the best viewing angle. So it'll be better for us to have two different camera angles that way you can capture both you and i on one screen and then them on another Mm -hmm, absolutely so we're definitely going to try this going forward we do have to give updates to the people too regarding (laughs) upcoming interviews um and upcoming events and upcoming events and appointments that we had so we had if you don't know right now what's going on yeah so there's a there's something in the air so hopefully not Hopefully it's not in the air. It is Actually, in the air. China said it. China said it is airborne, so that's not good. Of course it's airborne. How else do you think it spreads? Contact. That's what it initially was. Don't shake hands. It's all things. Dude. Like all right, you should probably that's, be more than six feet away from people too. That's why I'm super busy at work. It's because it's airborne, and my job is to clean the air. So here we are. It's a tough job, man. There's a lot of air out there, dude. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. And especially when you get into like the micron sizes and what's actually picked up versus what's not picked up and the different... Micron sizes, yeah. Yeah, micron sizes. And then the MERV ratings, <laughs> science, HVAC. Dude, it's crazy. But basically, for those listening at home, uh, human hair follicles, anywhere from like 60 to 80 uh, microns. So it's small to us. However, when you're looking in filters... There's filters that collect 99.99, 99 99.97, 95, 80, 85, uh, 60, 65, and then you have your... For those peasants out there. Right, right. So when you're looking at that, those percentages are picking up microns, 0.3 microns and larger. So a human hair is... You know, sixty microns. Six, yeah, and sixty point zero three microns. Sixty to eighty microns, and then we're Damn. trying to collect particulate that's point three microns. So, and we're trying to capture a lot of it. So, the issue with the coronavirus <laughs> is just the strand itself, right? So you're always watching the news, and then you see like the gray molecule yeah. with the red pyramids all over it. Right. So that. Is 0.06 microns. Perfect. We got a lot of filters for that. So it's super small. And the hope... Do they have filters that that go that low? There's ALPAs, but not for the specific systems that are in place around the world. Specifically healthcare, colleges, universities for those listening in Europe. um, So on and so forth, right? So when you're looking at that molecule from the news, the intent and the hope is that that molecule and particle basically jump onto something larger like mold pollen dust something else that's also airborne Mm -hmm. that's flying in the air because then it'll grow in size right covalent bonds so when it attracts like this kid went to school or something yeah seriously so when they attract and they grow in size but he knows what covalent bonds are seriously (laughs) you're then going to collect something that's larger than 0.3 microns because it the coronavirus itself goes from 0.06 to 0.14 microns in size. So when you're 
essentially flooding the air with other particulate that's going to happen anyways because air is not mm-hmm. just oxygen. There's nitrogen and everything else. The virus will basically absorb onto something else and grab onto something else, and then it'll grow in size. So your filters that are 95% on 0.3 microns are then going to be able to pick up the virus because it's also collecting everything else. Right. And of course, filters get better as they load because they're basically just collecting that cake dust mm-hmm. and then it's grabbing more and you're building a wall, right? Build a wall. So that's that's essentially the science behind the coronavirus in regards to healthcare facilities and things like that. So for those wondering, the CDC has guidelines where for the pre-filter, they want a MERV 7 and MERV stands for your minimum, your minimum, minimum, first one of the episode, your minimum efficiency rating value. Gerben. Yeah, Gerben. So <laughs> the healthcare guidelines are MERV 7 and MERV 14. So they want to collect um, MERV 7 pre-filters, MERV 14 final filters, and MERV 14 final filter is about 90, 95% based on the literature that you read. On 0.3 microns. So most healthcare facilities in our area exceed that. They start at about a MERV 8, MERV 9 pre-filter, and then their final filters go anywhere from a MERV 15 or 14, basically 95%, up to HEPAs, depending on the specific facility, location, systems, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. The issue is that if you get a filter that basically is collecting 99.99% of microns-sized 0.3 and larger, you can then potentially starve the fan if the system isn't strong enough to deal with that because you're essentially fitting all the CFM into a super, super tiny hole. Right. And then it'll just starve the system. So you can't just jump in an upgrade from, say, a MERF MER 15, 95%, to a HEPA because, A, the system and the frame isn't really designed to hold that filter specifically and then at the same time you could starve your fan and you're just not getting anything out of that except hurting your system. So we've been busy, to say the least, ensuring that everything is up to code, which it is. But at the same time, it's collecting what it can and then keeping everybody in the hallways, in the facility, outside of the systems, you know, safe, per se. Are a lot of people asking you to explain that or do you just know that explanation because you just know it? Both. Okay. So because of my job, I have to know that going in. Um, It's basically just like, hey, um, what's... (sighs) Hold on. I'm trying to think of an analogy. So, okay. So for an insurance agent, you have to know all your covered perils, Mm -hmm. but just because you know them doesn't mean that every single day you're always consistently touching on each part of it. So that's just a part of my job that I have to know. And then based on circumstances, I have to tap into, oh yeah, you know, chapter six, sub paragraph Mm -hmm. four, whatever. Like I'm able to figure that out just like for you do with cybersecurity insurance agents do with covered perils. So on and so forth. But yeah, it's just, it's good stuff to know because I deal with healthcare every day. Are most of your clients asking about this specifically? Yeah. Yeah. Just to ask really what our filters will stop or what are they at? How do you even ask this question? Like, are we going to get it? Like, that's not a question that you're going to ask your filter supplier. Right. But like, what are they asking you? They, they know of the term HEPA. So as soon as they say, can we get a HEPA? It leads into this whole conversation. Um, it's not mass hysteria per se because everybody's essentially already squared away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, for those those guidelines of MERV 7, MERV 14, most colleges exceed those standards. Um, but for commercial, you want MERV 7, MERV 13, and then for 
hospitals, you want MER7, MER14. So they basically just ask, is there any way to upgrade the filters, try to capture more, Mm -hmm. just so we can do anything and everything we can to ensure that our specific location is good to go regarding what's happening. Um, We got coronavirus. But at the end of the day, it's super interesting because they, they actually dive into it and realize how good of a system they actually have and how good their filters are actually working. So... It's pretty cool for like the light bulb to switch in their head where they're like, wow, like okay, there's right. there's a lot happening here. And they have somebody working that actually knows the stuff too. So right. they feel more confident with you servicing their good unit and right. it just makes everybody feel better. Yeah. Because yeah, right now in New York, I mean all over the world right now, but New York we're seeing a lot of places close um for the indefinite future until April twentieth, which is about a month away, which is pretty crazy to think about, dude. If yeah. you really put it into perspective, this level of stuff didn't even happen when 9-11 happened. Like, right. This is or swine a flu, bird flu, different Ebola. thing that is going on right now. Mm-hmm. We didn't even want to talk about it today, but honestly, it's just inevitable. Yeah. Like, this is the start of it, and who knows where this is going to go in the future. So because of it, we had a lot of interviews lined up that are now postponed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to essentially pivot, because we can never be afraid to pivot, but we're going right. to pivot and what we do moving forward um, for the near future. Mm -hmm. And our event on March 29th is also postponed. If you bought a ticket, don't worry, don't fret. The um, you're still welcome whenever we choose the, the next date with our host of uh, Buffalo stilling. And if you want to get a refund due to date complications, if something's already booked, um, that's let us know, we can refund it Mm -hmm. and no questions asked. So this yeah. is part of it. We just got to roll with the punches. Yeah, at first it seemed like it was still going to be able to be held. Yeah, because the the language at first was any part or any dis- distillery or establishment has to have fifty percent capacity. So at that point, we're thinking, okay, we might be able to still have the event, but cut it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But now, literally right before we started recording, we just got a notification that we're going to any event larger than ten people should be canceled. Yeah. So it's not even fifty anymore. So at this point, we're we've been in talks with Buffalo Distilling. They completely understand they're closing their establishment too. Like this is not anything to mess around with. So we're just going to postpone it into the future, and we'll inform everybody once we get a solid date back on. It's pretty wild too because essentially everything is closed except the grocery store, <clears throat> right? So, which is in, again, I don't know. This has never happened in my life, right? Obviously, which is crazy. It's never happened in people's lives that are 80 right it's just it dude you just gotta wash your hands and wait it out right i mean the intent is just to keep everybody safe mm-hmm. eliminate the spread but at the same time it's airborne, bro honestly though don't be dumb like that's what it comes down to yeah just cheers don't cheers. be dumb because like they say it's not even about you getting sick it's about you impacting other people so us millennials tend to think that, ah, I'm too good for this. I'm just going to go out anyway. Like St. Patrick's Day, a ton of people went out. They're a 99% chance going to lose their liquor license. Right. I know. It's insane. But yeah. like for for the people that were going out, it's just, wh- why even chance it at this point? You might as well just stay home and wait out a couple weeks because if you get something, you might not be sick, but you can impact someone else that you might not even know has an immune deficiency disorder. And it could mess them up really bad mm-hmm. so just stay home like i love staying home so why not stay home 
the thing that really bothers me is the gym. And I get it. It's a cesspool. It's literally a Petri dish of just garbage and germs. However, when this started going on, it was insane to see, A, the drop-off, which was great. Because then it was literally just the same 30 people that actually care about working out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, it's sweet. It's way less crowded. You can just get in and out. But every single person there was doing the same exact thing. They wiped every single thing down. um, And then everybody, from what I saw... Everybody in between sets was going to the bathroom to wash your hands. Really? So it was really cool to see, like, if they occupy a squat rack, say they're deadlifting, but then right after that, they might move into, like, a push press or something, you know, like, whatever Mm -hmm. it it was. Once they're done with that specific station or that one squat rack, they went to the bathroom, washed their hands, and then went to a machine. And, like, on to the next. It wasn't just rotating through their workout and then at the end they washed their hands. Mm -hmm. Everybody was kind of taking a break in the middle of their workout to wash their hands. Shouldn't this have happened, like, before this? Like, at some point, this is obviously really unknown what's happening. We can't even say tragic at this point because there really haven't been that many deaths. No. It's just unknown. Not here. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, shouldn't this have... Why did it take us to get to... uh, pandemic like this to start being like you know what i should probably wash my hands i don't know it's kind of gross if you think about it right yep like do you so they say all the time sing happy birthday while you're washing your hands or i heard sing the bills song or the the bills make you want to shout but the problem is then i'm washing my hands for 10 minutes because i'm just going back and (laughs) forth with myself in the mirror so that wasn't effective right but why like, were you washing your hands for 20 seconds before this? I was. Yeah. But that's just because my whole family grew up in restaurants. Um, oh, okay. We actually used to own the Kelly Cafe years ago. Where was that? Elma. Oh, okay. Years and years ago. Um, And then my, my, I mean, my uncle's a chef. My uncle managed multiple uh, Bob Evans locations all around the country. It's, I mean, that's just who we are. Yeah. So for me, it was always normal because I used to get screamed at by my, like, growing up. They're just like, keep going, keep going. I was like, oh, all right. Because I didn't know there was a time limit. I just thought as long as soap was on there. But right. they're like, no, 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 think about it. You have to understand the theory. You have to literally kill the germs, and then the warm water is actually helping kill them, but then mm-hmm. rinse it all away. And then get in the crevices, get under your nails, like actually clean your hands. And I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. I remember when I was younger washing dishes, uh, They would my parents would tell me all the time, like, because I would have the water on hot, or they would have the water on as hot as it can. And they're like, you can handle it. The germs can't. I'm like, all right, sweet. Nailed it. Is not have third degree burns on my hands. <laughs> no, I'm like, oh, I can't handle it though. Yeah, <laughs> I'm bleeding. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy that it had to get to this point for people to start really understanding hygiene, like basic hygiene. Yeah, but that that's yep. where we are, and if we just stay on our path right now, I mean, if you look at China, they're reopening their businesses there. They they close all their temporary hospitals. Yep. So they're on the trajectory to get back to normalcy. But they literally quarantine people for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks before they let them go back out. Right. One of the podcasts that I listened to, they interviewed a girl, a U.S. citizen that was in China that was quarantined. In China. In China when she was quarantined. And if she left her apartment complex to go to the grocery store, she would have her temperature taken as she's leaving the apartment complex, as she's entering the grocery store, as she's leaving the grocery store when she comes back to the apartment complex. They would take her temperature four times in a matter of 10 minutes to make sure that she wasn't infected. And if that's what the U.S. has to do to get this out of our country, then by all means, what is it going to hurt? Right. So you, you might as well just stay safe. Make sure you're taking your temperature. Make sure you don't have it. Make sure you don't spread it to vulnerable people and wash your hands. That's it. It's going to be easy. 
we just got to stick to it, is Tomorrow I Die from Coronavirus. There was a woman that um, beat it, and she's 103. Right. So it's like, like, what do you put that out to? Right. So also, there was a discussion going around. I don't know how true it is because it came from the internet web, or the interwebs. I tried to say internet and the web both at the same time. Didn't work. But anyway, so there was a meme or something that was going around saying that if you were sick from like November to December and you had this crazy cough and flu that you just couldn't get rid of, it was probably the coronavirus. Because there's a lot of people during that time frame that had it for like two weeks and could not kick it. Yeah. So it could have already hit here and then it just went to China, China, and then came back. It, I don't know. No idea. I'll leave it to the experts though. That's it. Right? That's it. We'll just keep drinking whiskey. But in the meantime, we're going to keep having episodes. So if you guys need something to listen to, something to watch, something to pass time, tune into our podcast. Yeah, check it out. So today Tell we... your friends. <laughs> Bring your friends. So speaking of friends, recently we sat down with Jason over at Black Button and we picked up a bottle for the people. But I'm stoked. Throw see, it right up for the camera. Let them let them see what you're working with. Single barrel bourbon. <coughs> Elbows. Corona. Um, single barrel bourbon. And for those of you who don't remember the story on Black Button, we've done, I don't know, 17,000 episodes with Black yeah, Button products. This is our fifth already. Yeah. So rewind. Check that out. Um, and then for, for this bourbon, we have a cocktail section. We're going to rate it a little bit later. And we've already enjoyed it throughout the episode. What are your initial thoughts? I like it because I love the black sugar taste to it. Agreed. Or black sugar. I don't know what black sugar the, is. The brown I, sugar. I thought you were... I I literally thought you were going to start talking about black button. And then you threw sugar in at the end. And I agree, it was already coming out of my word hole. So that was a cool experience. Yeah, I mean, brown sugar from black button. That's what I was going to say, but I combined the two. I'm doing that a lot today. Maybe I should just create my own conjunction junction type uh, dictionary going on. But yeah, so the brown sugar is overwhelming to me, which is very, very interesting. Do you get that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's very good. This is one of their more expensive bottles. I mean, this was what, 70 bucks? No, 60. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's pretty expensive, but it's very, very good. So single barrel. Let's talk about single barrel. All right, send it. In the whiskey industry, you have distilleries that are creating a lot of product, a lot of product, the most product. And when they put it into their barrels, they then take the barrels and take a little bit from a select number of barrels to put into one bottle. That way, this whole batch is very consistent. With a single barrel, though, you're not blending your different barrels. Obviously, you're taking it from one single barrel. So this single barrel from this batch might be extremely different from a single barrel from another batch from Black Button. So obviously this wasn't all just one barrel because it's only 750 milliliters, not 53 gallons. But this bottle here, batch two or whatever, will be very different from batch four right. from Black Button because it's not the same barrel that they're taking it out of. Mm-hmm. They're not blending to make it consistent. Yeah. So this particular barrel that we have right now does it say the batch number on there the batch and the uh bottle number or no barrel number 797 okay it's 84 proof 42 percent alv aged a minimum of 26 months in 15 gallon barrels okay so smaller barrels yeah 
Interesting. Good though. Twenty six months. Yeah. So they literally right when it was ready, they started making it. Yeah. But that that goes to show for a lot of their products because their demand is extremely high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're just trying to keep up with the demand. Yeah. So like Mike was saying, we have a we went to interview Jason Barrett, who's the owner, head distiller, head bottle washer, as he said, mm-hmm. at Black Button. If you haven't taken a listen to that yet, go back and listen to it because he is just a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. I want to sit down with him again and just pick his brain because he's one of the smartest guys in the industry that I've met. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting interview, though. Go back and check that out. I'll link it at the end of this episode. Um very cool guy, and make sure you go pick up some products from theirs because all of it is very, very good. Yeah, we, we've been consistent with how much we've loved their products on our board. Uh, very, probably one of our top top three brands in the area. And he dug into the water that they use, the lake mm-hmm. that it comes out of, okay. all the finer details, which is really nice to know, especially from a tasting perspective. So I'm excited for the rating. It's a period. lake you wouldn't expect. Yes, throwing that out there, getting those teasers out there, you oh, wouldn't yeah. expect this lake. Not at all. We'll leave it at that. That's it. So, Mike, what else is going on? What else you got? <coughs> Nailed it. Uh, other than work, it's been nice out, so I take Sam for walks. Yeah. So that's scouting. I went golfing the other day. Went to a simulator. 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 Nailed it. <laughs> so much fun. It's How so much do? fun to swing again. Yeah. Because it's been so long, and I just had to get the icicles off my muscles. Right. And it was fun. I mean, I got the new clubs, took them out, and did a round and played pretty decent with them. They do. I'm excited for this year. There you go, man. We're going to start recording our own channel. I'm terrified. For it. It's going to be fun. Now that they have your mug right here, we're going to get all of you when you start swinging. Oh, yeah. All of your vulnerabilities. All my glory. All of them. How I never drop that shoulder, (laughs) rotate the hip, nothing. We started off today very good, too. Uh, because right before we started recording, I decided that I wanted to destroy a beer bottle right on my floor. So that was fun. Yeah. And I wasted the precious $4,000 paper towels trying to clean it up because Seriously. people are going crazy. Have you stockpiled? I didn't have a need to. What does that mean? Everyone has the need to. I, I already had enough to okay. get through three weeks. And, Do you yeah. normally shop like that? I never shop in bulk, but there's there's things that you should always buy the big package of just because it's always cheaper, mm-hmm. one of which is toilet paper. Right. But I never had to go to BJ's and buy 100 rolls of toilet paper just because who knows. Like, it's not that's not a thing. Why is that a concern for people? Because there's, there was an early rumor going around that it caused diarrhea. Oh, really? Here's the thing. I did not know that. Why don't people just think critically and... Hey, if I'm out of toilet paper and I'm forced to stay inside my house, what did they not shut off? Hmm, water, which means I can shower. Mm -hmm. If I'm out of toilet paper, I can just take a shower. Right. Gross, but what else are you going to do? It's a problem solver. And it works. So instead of buying 100 rolls of toilet paper because you're worried, just think. I just don't understand it. And pet peeve. Round five. All right. The sense of entitlement where people are asking their employer for help or the government for a handout, a.k.a. help, in regards to living paycheck to paycheck. Look, I get it. But at the same time, if you don't have three months worth of bills saved in your savings account, that sounds like a you problem. Right. And if you can't do that because you live paycheck to paycheck, then change your life Make better financial decisions and put that as a priority instead of going out to insert 
standard stereotypical bar here for wings on a Friday where you're spending your tips. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that you made poor financial decisions leading up to this point, but don't ask for your employer or the government to take care of you when at the end of the day, the only person that's responsible for you is the one looking back at you in the mirror. So figure yeah, it out. deep. Dude, I get so annoyed. I hate handouts. Honestly, like, that is going to trigger a lot of people and I like it. Good. Let it get triggered because if it takes something this serious to for them to grow up and realize that, then so be it. I don't feel bad for people that are in that position because they put themselves in that position. They could have they could have applied to M&T. They could have applied to Geico. They could have done a job that they're not comfortable with. They chose not to, so that's your problem. Right. No one else's. Right. Oh, yeah. I, like, it's... Listen, man. Take Cheers. a sip. Yeah. It's <laughs> just how I feel. <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. It's true. And there's a lot... I mean, and it goes back to a generational thing because you don't see a lot of the older generation living like this. No. I mean, there are segments, obviously. There's always exceptions to the rule. But at a majority sense, it's a our generational problem and yes. the younger generation. Yes. Because we take this phrase of spend money on experiences, not things, being extremely literal. Whereas I'll spend $1,000 when I only have 2000 in my bank account to go to Italy. Sorry, poor example. Wouldn't go to Italy right now. But spending all this money right now to go somewhere else because you want to experience it. But if something like this happens, when it literally can happen whenever. Right. I mean, this wasn't planned. Nobody saw this happen. But they want to spend money on experiences rather than material things. But now those experiences you wish you could cash in because now you're struggling. So maybe people will take a step back and look at it. Like, I know certain financial institutions have different, like, um, situational, like, they plan for certain situational things to happen to make sure that they can withstand anything that gets thrown at them. They call it, like, um, what the hell do they call it? Let me think while I'm sipping. I don't know why I can't think of it, but like uh, stress testing, that's what they call it. So they do a stress test on their financial financial institution to make sure that if Godzilla comes down and destroys literally everything, can we still withstand because we have enough capital to make it X amount of months? Mm-hmm. That's what people should be doing too. Like I don't, this isn't a business thing. This is a you thing, right? Because you want to make sure that you can survive anything, which just isn't happening right now, right? So, what are some money saving tips that you have that you can tell? The people, our listeners, or anybody, really. What are some tips that you have that make you saving for you easy? I don't buy Jordans. There you have it, guys. That's it. Yep, that's don't it. Buy Take Jordans. Care. Shoes, buy whatever you want, but not yeah. Jordans. I, like I, I have a pair you, of sneakers at work, so I don't go out and buy another pair of sneakers because they're cute or mm-hmm. because they match my outfit. But you spend money on materialistic things, though. Sometimes, like gas. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. Like, you treat yourself every once in a while, right? Correct, but I saved for it. There you go. That's what I'm getting at. So, if so I, you can buy Jordans if you're saving for them. Correct. I add it, like, I literally set up a different account where I'm like, okay, I'm going to save, even if it's a dollar every three weeks, mm-hmm. and then when I reached the amount that I need to buy whatever it is, then I go out and buy it, and it doesn't impact anything else outside of that. Mm-hmm. I don't eat out a lot. I don't go to Tim Hortons. I don't go to Starbucks. I don't buy something on an everyday basis that I can just make at home. Um, I eat coffee. I eat breakfast. You eat coffee. That's weird. Right. Um, If you think 
the average coffee costs what? Two bucks. It's right like five hundred bucks a month. Right. Wow. Took the math right out of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. But if you think about that, five hundred bucks a month times twelve months, mm-hmm. you could be saving a ton of money if you just make coffee at home. And it's crazy because These were like different shower thoughts that I had, but I was getting like really aggravated in my shower. I was just like raking my skin with my loofah. But basically. So I wonder what those rashes were. I met a woman. Oh, jeez. I met a woman in Europe. Colleen, turn off. Yeah. I, she, was, she was literally 75 years old and she was farming her own land. She was tilling her own land. And I walked over and gave her tomato seeds. So basically what I did was I realized that a lot of people didn't have a lot of things. So I went to the store and bought seeds. And then as I walked, because you could basically take a back road out of um, the base that we were on. And then it led into like a huge open field village where everybody had acreage. And it was like a farm town in the middle of absolute nowhere. So I used to walk that or ruck it or run it for different workouts. A lot of guys did. But I went a little further over bridge and then... Literally went into the town. Mm-hmm. Obsec, but... And it's also like statute of limitations. I don't think I can get in trouble for it. But I walked out there with seeds. And I gave her tomato seeds. And she started to cry. And she was like super grateful. I... I Like, I could speak enough of the language, but I couldn't... Like... I wasn't fluent, mm-hmm. per se. But I basically just went like this, and it was all body language. And then she put her hands out, and then I reached into my pocket, grabbed the seeds out of the bag, and then poured them into her hand, and then showed her the label so she knew what it was. She started crying. She was super grateful. And then I come back here, and there's people complaining about coffee creamer. And they don't have the flavor coffee creamer they want. Or, are you serious? All the chips are gone. Or, what am I going to do? I don't have this. It's like, dude, there's people that are literally grateful for tomato seeds that have 40 holes in their shoes and they're still out there every day, 14 hours a day, mm-hmm. tilling land so that they can make their own food. Like, the amount of surplus that we have in this country and the amount of entitlement that we have is astonishing. Like, every single person that you and I know in our center of influence is wealthy. They just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Like, we have so much stuff. <clears throat> you have options in your closet. And then right. you're going to turn around and ask your employer for help because you are living paycheck to paycheck. Like, I understand student loans. I understand that you didn't want a certain job because you didn't want that job. Okay, cool. Like, you have some freedoms, again, because we live in the greatest country in the world. But for someone to sit there and complain is not the right answer. Right. Like, I understand that you don't want to do certain jobs. But at the end of the day, the job's still there. And a job is a job. And you may have to just suck it up and do it to get by and it like i just dude i get so aggravated with this no generation i guess because it's there's so many people that just complain it's like dude shut up right just go to work it's 100 percent true and it you and i don't like to talk politics on here because we don't like to force our opinions on our listeners but even though i just ranted for 10 minutes about my opinion on people right no but the but the thing is is that that is an idea of certain groups that that entitlement and that help should be given. Right. Which you and I both agree on that. That shouldn't happen. But there are some people out there that do agree with that. Do you see any positives to social socialistic type services? Like yes. a, a lot of the a lot of like the conflict that I get with people who see Cleo has a lot of conflict with it because she depends on me. But a lot of the conflict that I get are people that think that police officers and firefighters are a type of socialism, which they're socialist 
services, but it's not socialism per se. Right. So most people bring up Social Security. Most people bring up the plows, the garbage mm-hmm. trucks, things like, okay, yes, absolutely. I, I'm down for that. I've always been down for that. At the end of the day, I think that if you pay into a governmental program, then you should get something out of that program that you paid into, mm-hmm. i.e. Social Security. But if you're abusing the system, and I'm not using that loosely, like if you're legitimately abusing the system and getting things from programs that you specifically don't pay into, that's where I draw the line, and I'm like, that's not right. Mm-hmm. You should get what you put into something, right? So I'm all about governmental aid and help in regards to senior citizens the poor, the actual poor, mm-hmm. not people that are middle class that just sit there and complain because that's who I was directing all that right. animosity yeah, towards. Absolutely. Like there's there's a definite line in the sand where it's like, look, I physically can't and I already work two jobs. Like, okay, got it. Like it, it's tough for me because it's like, okay, I got it that you work two jobs and you're stressing and you're worried about the money, but like what else are you doing other than those two jobs to better your life? Mm-hmm. Like in the US, you can do anything you want and you choose not to, and then you just sit there and complain about it. That's where I have the issue. Right. But if somebody's paying into a program like Social Security, at the end of their towards the end of their life, when they're sixty or whenever you collect, you should collect what you put into it. Which we're not going to, you and I. Dude, they've been saying Social Security is going to run out of money since the 70s. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I had that conversation with my dad all the time. And I was like, dude, is it really going to be, like not be there? And he goes, they've been saying that it's not going to be there for over 40 years. Like, True. It's going to be there. And I was like, yeah, because people are paying into it. To some extent. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? But the and thing they that- say that our money is going towards the, like, our parents' generation or their parent, like our grandparents' generation. Right. But at the same time, when you and I are at that age, we're going to have kids and we're going to have grandkids that are going to be paying towards ours. So it's not like civilization is stopping now. And that's There's why the government... There's always going to be people that are going to be paying into this program that they're eventually going to reap the benefits from. And that's why the government likes when you have kids. Right. Because that's the intent. The kid that you have is going to work and going to pay into the system to help you as the parent that just had that kid. That's mm-hmm. why you get tax breaks. Most people don't see that. They just see it as a tax break. They're going to get money, so we'll right. just keep having kids. Which, again, abusing the system. Like, the system's in place. The Constitution, Bill of Rights, Declaration of Independence is in place so that we thrive. Changing that because of your opinion, because you're salty at where your life is right now, is not going to change anything. Right. It's like, just going to make it harder for everybody else. Yes. And it eliminates incentive. And I'm like, I've been in that position. If you look at group projects or a group classroom, this analogy works every single time. Mm-hmm. If the teacher stands in front of the class and says, I'm giving four tests. However, no one has a study. I'm going to give you all um, the average grade. So everybody shows up to the first test. The A students put in their effort and there's a large number of kids that get an A and then there's another group that didn't put anything in because they're just going to get the average and they're willing to risk it. So all the kids take the test at the end of the results, the B is the average. So every single person gets a B. The kids that didn't do anything, that didn't study at all, are happy they got a B and the kids that studied and got 100 on the test then got dropped down to a B are upset. Mm -hmm. So over the span of four tests, at the end of it, nobody's going to want to study because they know it's just going to average out. And then everybody fails because nobody put the work in. The same thing applies to democratic socialism, communism, socialism, whatever you want to call it. And that's that's where I'm like, yeah, but there still has to be some incentive to work. And right. it has to be okay for you to just go do that sucky job. Like, that's, that's what drives a train. 
like not to use an analogy for the current president, which is ridiculous, but yeah. I'm saying that's what actually drives our country forward, right? Like that's what keeps us moving. So is that current ambition towards a solid goal? Or a common goal. Yes, because you can have whatever you want. So if you want to go out and get those Jordans, you can work for them, earn the money, and then go and buy it. That's why I said in a previous episode, when I went to Disney for the first time at 24 and I funded it, not my parents, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it 10 times more right, because yeah. it was on me to get myself there. Right. And a lot of people, too, also associate socialism or some sort of governmental handout with the notion that they can't succeed or they don't control their own fate. And supply and demand is always bringing them down because capitalism ruins everything. Right. But at the same time, with that, how do you think that the big companies got to where they are? There's always that picture that circulates that says Apple started in a garage, Google started in a garage, Facebook started in a garage. Everybody started from somewhere for the most part. Uh, Obviously, there are situations where they're born into wealth, so they have those extra resources. But... Places started from the ground. Like Drake says, started from the bottom, now we're here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you start from a point, and it's your responsibility to get up to that certain spot. And if also, another point is that people think that there's these monopolies and there's these businesses that just can't go down. Do you remember 10 years ago when MySpace was the biggest thing in the entire world and nobody thought that anybody can take over MySpace? Right. And then here comes Facebook knocking MySpace to the ground mm-hmm. because they built up this platform that is now better and more useful than MySpaces. So the supply for the inge- like the ingenuity and the creativeness of people to create Facebook to knock MySpace off the market is the beauties of capitalism and that anybody can start something and make it successful as long as you literally put in the blood, sweat, and tears to make it happen. And then because of Facebook, you get Instagram, and right. which leads to everything else. But at the same time, too, I won't sit here and be naive and say capitalism's the end-all, be-all. Right. Like, yeah. there's issues with capitalism. There's benefits and negatives to socialism. And at the end of the day, no matter what person is saying what, like that's what it is. So you can try to call it democratic socialism. You can try to call it communism. You can try to call it socialism. They're essentially all the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you have really two options. You have capitalism and a democratic republic, or you have socialism and then everything else that comes with that. So you can vote in socialism, but you're going to fight your way out. And then most people don't like socialism like you can see it right now in Wegmans. Mm-hmm. And if people don't like empty shelves, then don't go to Venezuela. Like, don't go to countries that implemented socialism because they're all absolutely miserable right now. And I deployed with a lot of those people that are in those different countries. And they all said, please do not get rid of the current system you guys have because it does work. They literally said verbatim, there are people that are running for office in your country that are using my country as a reference point. But what they're not realizing is that the population of my country is a quarter of yours. Mm -hmm. So the system that we have in place that... Multiple thousands of people have died for. It worked for a portion, but it didn't work for a majority. Correct. So they're saying we had to completely switch what we had. Multiple people died. People tried to overthrow it and they were killed. And then this new regime came up and this new system was implemented. And it does work, but that's because we have a quarter of the people that you guys Mm -hmm. have in a super small country. So we have that flexibility. You guys are... I mean, it's huge, and the amount of land that we have in the United States is never accounted for. And the amount of like diversity and different backgrounds and everything in our right. country like, is exponentially higher than it, those yeah. countries. And like, dude, Germany can fit inside of Texas. Right. Like most people don't think of that. They're like, "Well, that country did it." It's like, yeah, but dude, realize how small the country is logistically, moving the supplies, doing everything else, and the the population in general. So, dude, 
in New York City and LA, those two populations combined outweigh certain populations in other countries. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's I, like I'm not saying that everything we do here is perfect because we all know it's not. Specifically, bail reform. But dude, yeah, just <sighs> counter blessings. Counter blessings that you're in the U.S. Yep. During this time, more than ever, because there's a yeah. lot of things right now that would be broken if there were different policies in place, especially during this trying time right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like if you think about <clears throat> Italy right now. They and I'm not an expert on Italy, so I'm not even going to uh, say that I am. But right now, they are making the decision of who lives and who dies. Yep. Because they just don't have the capacity to handle everybody that is sick right now. And Canada just closed their borders to most foreigners. Um, U.S. citizens are an exception, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of that is also because of our healthcare system, right. which love it or hate it, it's keeping us afloat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and it's. It's crazy. Crazy time we live in, man. And I just hope people really understand what some of these key terms that we've discussed about mean. Because it's just it could change everything if things were different right now. Oh, yeah. Anyway, to a lighter note, Michael, we have the solid 10 minutes left. And we got a lot to do. All right. Let's we, don't, get, we don't have any time. We can do whatever we want. That's true. Let's get back into some of the Because we're business notes. owners. Hashtag capitalism. Hell yeah. So let's kind of take a... a Different approach to this whiskey. What would you consider this similar to from other whiskeys that you have? Four grain straight from Black Button. I'm throwing... Okay, perfect. I was going to say I'm throwing this at you, so think about it, but you just knew it. Yeah. So this, to you, feels exactly like four grain straight. Not exactly, but it's very similar. Is this... Are the barrels that this is taken from, from their four grain whiskey, but it's just a single barrel of that? Because I don't know. that I mean, that would taste similar to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. Where is the uh, four grain straight? So here's a four grain straight bottle. Yeah, here. blue label. So let's uh, look at that bottle for a second. So I have 42 percent alcohol, which you have 84 proof. Yep. Distilled from New York State corn, wheat, rye, and malted barley, which makes sense. Um, down in the on the back of the label, do you see? Does yours have a bash bill or no? In the middle of it, does it say like single barrel, and then have a mash bill, like right under a dotted line or something, right underneath Jason's marks? On the back. Rochester. Mm. No. So this one this one says that it's 60% corn, 20% wheat, 9% rye, and 11% malted barley. So I'm, I'm wondering if this is from the same mash bill. But obviously this would be a blended because it's taking a lot of different barrels and blending it into bottles for consistency. Whereas that is a single barrel. Right. So, can I see that one really quick? Yeah, hold on. Let me add a little Top more. off. God, alcoholic. Um, just kidding. You are not. I'm an Irishman. Yeah. That's what I am. An Irishman. Um, so. Which is St. Patty's Day weekend just ended. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, it sucks. It's not in there. Um, but I would honestly bet that that's the case. That this is a single barrel of the four grain straight whiskey. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so yes, th- that is very similar. I en- enjoy this a lot. It's good. This is probably one of my favorites from theirs. I know that we gather or had a pretty high rating for collaboration, but before we get into rating, you want to do the cocktail section? Yeah. Derek, drop that beat. Cocktails. Oh my. You like that? Sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> so Whatever you say there, bud. <laughs> 
bunch of frogs living on lily pads, eh? So I have the Grapefruit Moon. It's one and a half ounces of bourbon, one and a half ounces of fresh grapefruit juice, one tablespoon of maple syrup, shake with ice and strain, top with three ounces of vanilla porter. Interesting. Very interesting. Topping with the porter. And I also did not screw up a word. There you go. So, progress. first. Progress. This uh, little pop-up that's going to occur right there. It already did. But uh, it'll, it'll be seamless now because you didn't screw it up. There you go. All right. So, mine is a julep because we have the Kentucky Derby coming up, right? Sure. Sure. All right. So, mine's the julep. Oh, sure. We have two and a half ounces of bourbon, one and a half ounce of simple syrup, six to eight mint leaves. You muddle that all up with the bourbon and the simple syrup. And then you top it with some crushed ice and then add some mint leaves to flavor it. Nice. Nice. I like it. But yeah, so that's our uh, that's our cocktail section. I like that. Want to get to rating this? Yes. Let's do it. Black Button Single Barrel Whiskey. Label and branding. What are you thinking? A++. Perfect. Why? Because their label um, is A, very recognizable on the shelf, but B informative as well they have the automated system where it's extremely consistent for bottles and batch numbers they have the story on the back of the label regarding black button as a whole they have a quote from jason um they have the proud stamp of new york on there it's just a nice comprehensive label that gives pretty much the pertinent information per product they it's interesting so after the interview we did a tour of their facility Mm mm-hmm and we saw that they have an, like you were pointing out, an automated handwriting system. Yeah. That is writing the numbers, the batch numbers, and the barrel numbers and uh, bottle numbers on the bottle with an, an imported handwriting like font because it's his own, but they automated it so it's on every bottle, which is sweet because it's taking out that manual process that. Okay, you put down bottle number 46, but you forgot. So next bottle, you put down 48. And everyone's like, shit, where's 47? Yep. So that's pretty sweet that they did that. Um, but yeah, so I, I would give that an A++ as well. Nose. This goo for the nose. A lot of caramel. That's a heavy caramel. It's a heavy caramel. Damn. Are you picking anything else up? No. Because I have ethanol, and then I just have caramel. Caramel is overwhelming. Are you getting some of the grain? Not really. Not in the nose. All right, we'll put down caramel. It's like faint, but caramel overpowers it for sure. Yeah, it's a lot of caramel. All right, rating for that, what would you give it? A++. All right, initial taste. Initial taste, I'm getting grain. Um, and the brown sugar I'm getting. Yep. There's there's like, there's a perfect amount of burn. I don't want to say that there's no burn, but there there is definitely a burn, but it's perfect. It hits you quick yep. and then that's it. Yep. You don't get that lingering heartburn feeling after. It's like the emerald pinch of salt where he just throws it. That's it. Like salt bay, just putting it down. No, not no. That's too much. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's too much burn. This is just like a little pop. It's like burn. Then it's then it dissipates. See, now I would say that is more a salt bay because it's flashy. 
It's like that flashy burn. There you go. And then it just subsides, and then that's it. There you go. I like that. So initial taste, what do you get the rating? I'm putting down brown sugar. Brown sugar and grain. Ending note, I'm getting pepper. What kind of grain are you getting? I can't. I'm not getting a rye or a... No, it's soft. I'm getting more of like a barley. It's softer. Rye is like a harsh grain. Shit, that doesn't have the uh, mash bill on it. Hold on. What is... Just just for uh, shits and giggles. So it's 60% corn, 20% wheat, 9% rye, and 11% malted barley. I'm not really getting the corn or the wheat or the rye. I'm getting for a some soft, reason, I'm getting quite a lot of barley. I get a soft grain, but I can't pick... A soft grain? I can't pick up which grain. I it's just like a gentle grain. touch of it. Yeah. Just trying to think of anything back there. If... Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It's it's pretty it's agree, pretty soft. I agree, I agree, I agree. I agree, I agree, I agree. So initial taste, we're gonna do brown sugar and grain, mm-hmm. or the black sugar, uh, grain. Okay, what are you giving it? A plus plus again, or yeah. A plus check mark? A plus plus. Consistency is key. All right, ending notes. This is where I'm actually picking up some of the corn. I can see that. I get a little caramel on the ending note. Not getting any vanilla. Mm-mm. I'm you're getting. Being, you're picking up some pepper. of that wood sugar. Pepper. Dude, this is good. I'm not getting pepper. You're not. Mm-mm. I am. Well, I'm be, not. That's fine. I might be biased because I also just cooked with it. Oh, there you go. This would be a very good whiskey for dinner. dinner. Very good. Mm-hmm. This this definitely deserves the price tag. I'll throw that out there right now. Compared to their uh, four grand straight, which is probably twenty dollars cheaper, mm-hmm. fifteen dollars cheaper. I think this deserves it. I agree. I agree. I agree. All right. So what are we putting down for ending note? Caramel, corn, pepper. Two C's and a P. Bruh. Caramel, corn, pep. Final rating. Nope, we gotta give a rating for this. Ending note. Sorry, I got excited. A check mark, check mark. Okay. I concur with last remark. Alright. Final rating. Give me that countdown. Three, two, one, 84. I don't know why I said 85. I should have said 95. I did not mean to say 85. Okay. I got way too excited. I saw this 87 and I'm like 80. I, meant I was going to say that's way too low yeah, for I me. I meant to say 95. Okay, so 94.5. Nailed it. Yeah, 85. What am I doing? This is definitely not an 85. Mm-mm. I got way too excited there. I, I spoke way too quick thinking I was going to throw you off and I threw myself off instead. Right. So this is very good. We didn't put the dropper drop in. Don't need to. This is too good. Too good. Mmm. This warms my soul. You're just shaking your head out of disgust. Like, why would you do that? It's not changing the date. I mean, it's not really impacting it. Guess what we're talking about next week? What? Lewis and Clark. How I took a Sawzall to my couch. I took a Sawzall to my couch. Why? I'll tell everybody next week. What a cliffhanger, Mike. Yep. That's it.
Oh my god. <laughs> I start with a Dremel and I move to a Sawzall. I love how you think that that's going to be enough for like a topic for next week. <laughs> yeah. Dude, trust me. There's time. First episode, Lewis and Clark. Second episode, <laughs> Sawzall to my couch. Took a Sawzall to my couch. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Next week, Sawzall to the couch. We'll talk about it next week. Because I have so many questions right now that I need to have answered. Dude, I, I can literally see your brain just going a thousand miles because, a minute. Because, like, again, I just don't understand where you come up with this stuff. It's something that happened. Like Lewis and Clark. <laughs> Sawzall to the couch. Like, those things are comparable. Shawshank Redemption. Yep, we'll get there. All right, perfect. Well, there you go, Mike. This is episode, what, 25? 25. We're halfway there, man. Hold on, hold on. We have to give this its proper due diligence. Go for this it. This is episode... 25. 25. Please tell me you know what that's from. I do not. SpongeBob. Oh. Oh my god. We'll talk about that next it's week. It's a Nickelodeon reference, so I should know, but you definitely should know that. 25 from where? I we'll talk about it next week. This is episode 25. We can't talk about it next week. Talk about it now. Mm, Patrick and SpongeBob are in driving school and they're making jokes, and then they look at each other and SpongeBob says to Patrick, I know it's funnier than 24. Oh, I don't remember that. And Patrick goes, what? And he goes, 25. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. How do we do this? Why why do we do this to ourselves? Dude, I love SpongeBob so much, dude. I love SpongeBob. Yes, I'm a Disney fan, but SpongeBob is my jam. Have you had any cereal lately? Like jellyfish jam. No, I have not. Well, that concludes episode 25. 25. Of the Buffalo Happy Hour, Mike. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll be posting on there when our updated event is. So please uh, mm-hmm. let us know if you want either your refund back because you can't make the new date or go buy some tickets so we can get a headcount for the new date as soon as that comes out. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can see it bloop, right here. Um, and make sure you just support us. We're, we're trying to give you guys continuous progress so let us know if you like this new camera setup too because this is something we want to do going forward rock and roll let's go mike this step to 25 the buffalo happy hour cheers we're out Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.